This is On Target, a look at politics, crime, education, what's happening in Newfoundland and Labrador with the people who know. The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station. And now your On Target host, Linda Swain. Good afternoon, everyone. What a beautiful day and a nice week ahead of us, uh, for most of us in this province anyway. So uh, do get out, enjoy, uh, take in that sun, but make sure you're wearing your sunscreen. We had, uh, this is Melanoma Awareness Month, just a little word. Uh, This is Municipal Awareness Week in Newfoundland and Labrador. Municipal government, of course, is, is that front line of public management of the services we pay for and enjoy on a daily basis, from garbage collection to snow clearing, recreational facilities. Municipal governments touch our lives just about every single day. Well, my guest today on On Target lives it herself as a town councillor in one of the province's larger municipalities, Grand Falls, Windsor. She also happens to be president of municipalities Newfoundland and Labrador, Amy Cody. Hello. Hi, Linda. How are you? Great. And yourself? I'm doing wonderful. It's hard not to be great when the sun is shining and it's a beautiful day. Well, I was about to say, what a beautiful way to start off Municipal Awareness Week. Um, The sunshine just makes a world of difference to us here in Newfoundland and Labrador. Um, I guess we'll start from the basics. What, What is Municipal Awareness Week all about? So, well, I'll just start off by saying that last week um, at our municipal symposium in Gander, um, myself, along with uh, PMA President, the Professional Municipal Administrators, uh, President Brian Hudson, and the Department of Municipal and Provincial Affairs Minister Crystal and Howell, will be together signed a proclamation declaring May 9th to the 13th as Municipal Awareness Week. Normally, and a lot, you probably remember, normally it's Municipal Awareness Day. So we have decided amongst ourselves this week that the work that we do is so important. We're, you know, we're the first point of contact for our residents. Um, the work that we do directs our residents directly. Um, so, you know, we said a day is really not enough to um, talk about what we do, talk about the importance of our jobs as municipal councillors. So we're spreading it out over the week and we're encouraging our membership to really take advantage of this week, um, engage your residents, talk about your municipal council, talk about you, the work that councillors and our administrative staff do every day to keep our towns running. And it strikes me as you're talking, you know, we we tend to get so caught up in provincial politics, federal politics, you know, and some of the decisions that are being made there, but they tend to be a lot broader and harder to identify on a personal basis unless you are directly affected. But municipal politics, if your garbage is late being collected one day, you know that immediately. That's having an immediate impact on you. Absolutely. Or, you know, if we have a storm and your equipment is late getting out or there's an equipment breakdown, you see the effects of that right away. Uh, Potholes, drinking water, if we have, you know, a water disruption and people can't turn on their tap and get that water right away, it's like, holy moly, what is happening here? So, um, and, you know, we're the first point of contact. We're the first ones who get that call because we're the ones who are delivering that service to our residents every single day. So it ranges from mild inconveniences to big impacts if something goes wrong. Yeah, I I mean, it could be, you know, we talk about our recreational offerings 
and we know that with the impacts of COVID, I can't, you know, I wish I could stop talking about the effects of COVID, but we're still living it every day. But, you know, in those first waves when everything was shut down and you couldn't go to a playground or you couldn't go to your swimming pool or you couldn't use a walking track in your facility, you couldn't visit your town hall to pay your bill. Like, you know, that's the things that we are dealing with um, on a daily basis. And again, our residents see it and they feel it directly. So you held this municipal symposium. What did you learn there? We had, um, I keep saying a week because it feels like a week, but we, our session started on Thursday and moved into, we clued up Saturday around lunchtime. Um, it was just such a wide range of topics. We talked about, um, again, we talked about, you know, Municipal Awareness Week. We talked about uh, affordable housing, health care, economic development, um, the importance of good municipal governance, just so many topics, climate change and regionalization. So um, we had so many sessions on each one of those topics and uh, so many fantastic speakers and presenters throughout those several days. Um, we, you know, we had the uh, Department of Municipal and Provincial Affairs were there front and center working alongside of us uh, doing uh, joint presentations. So just again a, a great few days of the importance of the work that we do stressing the importance of that work and educating our sector on how they do that work and the importance of the topics that we were discussing some heavy stuff there some big responsibilities it's huge responsibility and if i could you know just wrap it back to municipal awareness week and the importance of the counselors i mean we just spent those three days um, you know, we'd start at 8.30 every morning, we'd clue up at 5, we'd have a quick supper break, then we'd be back again for probably a session till about 8 o'clock or so. Um, and the work that municipal councillors do, I mean, legislation gives municipalities the authority to pay council members based on a specific formula. A lot of the communities around this province cannot afford to pay their counselors, so it is 100% volunteer. And the amount of time, the amount of effort, the amount of knowledge, um, and just the sheer will of these municipal counselors to take time out of their schedules, to do this work, to participate in these sessions, to learn, to educate themselves, um, to make sure that they do the best that they can for their communities just speaks to the heart and soul um, of people who put their names forward f to run for municipal council and the passion and the dedication that they have, um, you know, in just making their communities the best places that they can be and to provide their residents with the best offerings that they can. This is Municipal Awareness Week in Newfoundland and Labrador. My guest today on On Target is President of Municipalities Newfoundland and Labrador, Amy Cody. We'll be back right after this. Join us for On Target, one hour in which Linda Swain examines topics that mean the most to you. On Target, weekday afternoons at 1 on your VOCM. 
And we're back. My guest today on On Target is President of Municipalities Newfoundland and Labrador, Amy Cody. This is Municipal Awareness Week. And Amy, you just touched on some of those things, but municipalities, of course, facing some pretty big challenges, not the least of which lately is supplying the services we all know and expect. But the cost of those services are going up of providing those services. How are municipalities um, coping with the cost of um, fuel going up and just about everything else for that matter? It's a challenge to say the least. Um, I mean, as you know, we present our budgets at the end of the year for, you know, for, so the 2022 budgets have already been submitted um, and all of our, you know, our expenses, you know, with regards to um, the, our fleet maintenance and usage of our fleet and whether it's gas and diesel, um, the cost of electricity to heat our buildings. You know, we had fixed numbers in place, We, you know, based on historical data that, you know, we felt that those uh, those costs were going to be. So now with the increase in fuel, I mean, a lot of us have had to make adjustments. Um, you know, we need to talk about where we can find savings if, if cuts are necessary. Um, you know, how do we manage? We just, you know, you, you run your business day to day and you do the best you can. Hopefully, you know, we're fingers crossed those costs will come down, although, you know, it doesn't seem like that's going to happen anytime soon. But again, I mean, just another, um, you know, another challenge that we face on a daily basis. And as municipal councillors, we deal with this, but also, you know, our administration staff, they're the ones who are looking at the budgets on a day-to-day basis. They're seeing the bills come in. They know, you know, when we're hitting uh, targets or, you know, when our budgets are, are um, we're going over budget on certain things and they have to try and manage and talk to council and, and keep everything in line. So um, it's a juggling act every single day and, you know, we're affected no differently than anybody else. Our residents are feeling the pinch, uh, you know, business in our community it's something that we have to constantly keep an eye on and and you know keep our eye on the target and manage you know manage our expenses and and try to be more creative as well in in coming up with new revenue to kind of offset you know the additional expenses that we're facing so again every day is a challenge and your revenue stream is limited as well on a year-by-year basis what are your sources of revenue well, our sources of revenue basically are property tax and business tax. And depending on what community you live in, some communities rely solely on a poll tax. Um, some communities don't have businesses in their community, so there's no business tax revenue from them. Um, you know, we've said for many years that you know, property tax, we always look at that as a regressive tax because there's only so many times you can go back to the well before you run out of water. And it's the same with our residents. We can't constantly be expecting our residents to come up with or pay additional uh, taxes to offset our rising expenses. Um, Obviously, you know, we have to make those decisions at some point and there have to be increases, but we try to mitigate that the best we can so that there is very minimal impact on our residents. But again, it's, um, you know, it's something that we constantly have to look on. We've spoken to um, the provincial government previously on on fiscal framework and new ways to come up with uh, revenue generating for our residents or for our municipalities, Um, cost sharing ratios. We're constantly working with the department on that 
we were very happy to hear that the provincial government um, extend or promised to maintain the municipal operating grants at $22 million, not just for 2022, but for the next three years, which was huge because that helps us so much in our planning um, and our budgeting and our forecasting. So, again, uh, something that we talk about on a regular basis, and it is, it's very difficult with the rising costs that we're facing. And, of course, property uh, owners are getting maxed out as well. They're dealing with their own increased expenses. Exactly. And, and, you know, that's what I was saying about you can't keep going back to that well. I mean, the municipalities are facing increases, but the residents and the businesses are facing those exact same increases and trying to, you know, manage their households and their businesses just the same as we're trying to manage our municipalities. So I guess that forces you to have to come up with more creative ways to deliver services. Yeah, absolutely it does. I mean, you know, you you talk about um, how can you increase revenue in your community or how do you attract new business into your community, new industry, attracting residents. When you can bring residents into your community, well, obviously then, you know, that's an additional bit of property tax and, and business taxes that, you know, that's bringing in. So, one of the things that we did speak about at our um, symposium this weekend was affordable housing. So if we can, you know, if we can work in our communities to come up with solutions and be able to provide affordable housing, that brings new residents into your community. Um, we know that rising costs are everywhere when it comes to housing, and affordable housing is a real concern for lots of people in our in our municipalities seniors on fixed incomes you know you've got rising housing costs especially when it comes to heating um and we want more seniors to be able to move to affordable housing within their communities um you know it's just not available so we need to find ways to um, find solutions and and be able to come up with ways to provide affordable housing in our um, in our communities we had a presentation with um, on affordable housing with Hope Jamison. She's a former counselor in St. John's and she now works with Community Housing Transformation Center. So she spoke to us on ways that municipalities can ease the burden of rising housing costs. Um, she talked about um, providing a, a range of options for towns, ideas that towns could implement regardless of their budget. So, you know, it's... <laughs> It's all really heavy when you're thinking about it, but being able to participate in sessions like this in our symposium, it just gives you a better idea of what you need to do, what resources are available to you, um, and how we can work together to make some of these things happen. And of course, more residents puts more strain, I suppose, on the services that exist and the infrastructure demands that are there. And a lot of municipalities in Newfoundland and Labrador had no planning when they, when people first uh, started setting up their homes and that sort of thing. Uh, um, municipal planning is something that came late uh, to many communities. So, you know, how do you juggle all of that as well? Because if you suddenly uh, have the opportunity to build a, an apartment building, for instance, all of a sudden those are all those extra cars going in on that street that might not have been designed for an apartment building, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, and you're absolutely right. And I think that's why we have stressed the importance of asset management in our communities. So we're working now with our municipalities on asset management planning. We're mapping out all of our infrastructure. We're, you know, we're checking the, the, 
we're mapping, um, you know, the, the life expectancy of our roads. When we're doing new subdivisions or upgrading our, our pipes in the ground, we're looking at, okay, if, if, you know, if a development were to happen this right down the road, let's make sure that we have that infrastructure in place or we plan for that infrastructure in advance. So when it does happen, we're not left scrambling. So, um, I mean, the asset management piece is so important, and we know that. So a lot of communities have been, you know, are getting really smart at doing that and anticipating, again, with climate change, like anticipating that emergencies can happen as well. As long as we can plan, you know, we can hopefully mitigate some of these challenges that we're going to face in the future. And I think this brings us to a, a natural crossroads here when, when it comes to um, regionalization and the discussion surrounding regionalization. And I want to get into that after we uh, come back from the break. My guest today on On Target is president of Municipalities Newfoundland and Labrador. She also happens to be a councillor on the uh, Grand Falls Windsor Town Council. Amy Cody will be back right after this. Join Brian Medor weekdays at noon for a comprehensive update on news from every corner on all levels, newsmakers, weather and more. Join us on your VOCM at noon. Oh, doing the Patty Daly, having a sip of drink. <laughs> uh, my guest today on On Target is uh, Amy Cody, President of Municipalities Newfoundland and Labrador. And Amy, you were talking about costs, municipalities facing all these added costs, uh, limited revenue, and creative ways to deliver services. And I guess that all brings us back to the big issue these days, which is regionalization. Yeah, absolutely. And you said it, regionalization. I mean, it is the big one. Um, and, you know, we've been talking about it for uh, quite a long time. I've spoken with you about it a couple of times. Um, M&L has been talking about regionalization for about 15 to 20 years. So when we released the joint working group report back in February on regionalization and the recommendations, you know, that, that did come from that and how it'll be implemented in phases over several years, um, we knew it was going to be a very hot topic with our membership, with uh, the local service districts, and with the unincorporated areas. And we've been doing the work since that report was released. Um, we've continued to talk to our membership. We did our regional calls. We had open calls. The Minister of Municipal and Provincial Affairs, Minister Howell, has been visiting uh, local service districts, having conversations with their members. And um, we've been meeting with our own joint councils as well, making sure that they understand uh, regionalization, the concept, how it can work, um, you know, and what, are, what the challenges are that we're facing. So, again, the release of the report is the start of a conversation, and uh, it's the start of a process that we know is going to be driven by our communities, but one that we really uh, is important and we need to continue to talk about. And it's difficult. It's difficult because I know change is difficult. It always is. Uh, people are resistant to change. That's absolutely natural. We're all like it. Uh, but I've spoken to a lot of mayors who tell me that, you know, change is absolutely necessary. But how do you get people on board without them feeling like they, it's something that's being foisted upon them so that they feel they have an actual choice in the matter? Well, first off, we listen to their concerns, we answer their questions, and we continually provide them with information. So again, 
at our symposium over the weekend, we had a panel discussion. It was myself um, as the president of municipalities Newfoundland and Labrador, uh, Brian Hudson, the president of the provincial municipal administrators, and Minister Crystalyn Howell uh, with the Department of Municipal and Provincial Affairs. And we sat on that panel, we gave a brief presentation, and then we opened it up to questions and comments from the audience. And we discussed how important regionalization is to moving our province forward. Um, and the minister again confirmed that her, you know, her department's commitment to making this happen, but also to making sure that they get it right. And getting it right is the major concern of our members. They see it as a positive, um, and they're very supportive of the process. It's just that question of, will it be done properly? So we talked to, um, and you've spoken to him yourself, I believe, uh, Mayor Mike Doyle of Harbor, Maine, Chapels Cove, Lakeview. Um, so they've entered into an agreement with surrounding communities, Colliers, Avondale, and Conception Harbor, and they have a regionalization agreement in place, um, and it works very well for them. They're doing things differently. They're learning how to save money, and they are saving money with some of the things that they're doing. Um, they're working together to provide services and human resources. So, you know, he's he's great in how he can... Uh, talk about the concept of regionalization and how it can work. And we know it works for them, but we also know that it's going to be so different in so many other communities, um, you know, that we really need to keep an, uh, you know, an open uh, open conversation happening all the time and constantly talking to and pushing that information out to our members and answering any co any questions that they might have. And I guess that's the difficulty, isn't it? It, it? Will this be a one-size-fits-all, or will it be unique to different regions? It's going to be absolutely unique to all of the regions, which is why it's so important for us now as we continue the first phase and we, you know, the community engagement starts and we start talking about to the communities about what you feel is your region, what, like, you know, what region do you feel that you're a part of, um, the size of the regions, what services they offer currently, what services they could share, what types of services they would not be able to share, what wouldn't work. Um, and that's why we've said right from the start, this is not cookie cutter. We're looking at like 20 to 25 regions. Um, every one of them is going to be different. And that's why this conversation piece, again, this first phase of developing those regions and the community consultation that has to happen now in this phase is going to be imperative to how those regions are formed, the size of those regions, and the types of services that those regions feel that they can offer. Will this have to be led by the municipalities themselves, uh, or will it be sort of top-down? Because I think that's where the big resistance came from, this whole idea of government telling us what to do and how we're going to do it. Well, that's what's so different. Like, I mean, like I said, we've been talking about regionalization now for close on 20 years, and it never came to fruition because we never really had a seat at the table. We were front and center working with the Department of Municipal and Provincial Affairs alongside our counterparts at the provincial, uh, the professional municipal administrators in working on this report. We all had key input. There was consultation uh, from municipalities, from the local service districts, um, everybody had an opportunity to have a say. And 
you know, it's because that happened that we're very comfortable with the concept of this report and the process now that's going to unfold. We were very clear that, you know, it we needed input from the municipalities. We need um, staff resources specifically, um, you know, set aside to do regionalization and to work on this plan. We know there's going to be money necessary to move this forward, um, and that's that's key in that. Um, having a voice and having a seat at the table is why we think now we're finally going to make some progress, and the commitment is there from all levels for a regionalization process to begin. Are municipalities already getting that process underway or coming forward, or are they waiting to be told? They have been, well, I mean, a lot of our municipalities already have regional agreements in place. We do a lot of service sharing amongst our municipalities currently, so we know how important regionalization is and the benefits of regionalization. Now we're just waiting, um, and again, you know, we've been meeting with our membership. Um, we've gone and, and met with several joint councils around the province. We're answering emails, calls to the office, um, again, at our, our symposium this weekend, you know, having that um, designated session to talk about regionalization, having the minister there to answer questions, and just listening to what the membership is telling us will help us move this forward. But again, we've been doing regionalization um, for quite some time, but there is now is a time where it needs to happen formally and it also needs to include the local service districts and the unincorporated areas to make sure that we strengthen our regions and make them the best that they can be. How good are we at keeping the, those LSDs and unincorporated areas part of that conversation and, and engaged? Well, the, I know the minister has gone out. She's done uh, some in-person consultation with the local service districts, and um, they are now, I mean, once that report was released, and I've said this before, you know, even if you didn't know about it before and didn't have an opportunity or felt you didn't have an opportunity to provide input, we all know about it now, and those conversations are still happening, those calls are still coming, and those meetings are still happening. So, you know, uh, I can speak from the municipality's standpoint, from MNL standpoint, from our members, and I know PMA is also doing the same. Our membership engagement is constant and happening every single day. The minister is meeting with the LSDs, um, and they're providing their input. We'll come back together um, at a specific point and share that information. We will make some adjustments to the plan we'll talk about the process again but again this is only going to be successful if we have that level of community engagement that's so necessary do we expect all lsds and unincorporated unincorporated areas to be included within these uh, municipal regions or might some of them still be able to operate on their own i'm thinking in terms of people who say look i pay for my garbage it gets collected every week i uh, pay for uh, you know these services and those services uh, i have my own water and sewer uh, you know i don't want to pay taxes for things that i already have and a municipality might not be interested in providing those services to an extra area. So how do those fit into the puzzle? 
Well, again, it all comes down to conversation. And until we get together and we talk about the benefits of regionalization and how we can strengthen ourselves by being a part of a regional government, well then, you know, and, and that's a ways out. That's why this initial process of setting up the regions, forming the regions, um, talking to everybody in those designated regions, um, some services aren't going to work. It's not going to, you're not going to be able to share. You can't share pipes in the ground when, you know, communities are kilometers and kilometers and kilometers apart. That makes no sense. That's why we have to have the conversations about what is going to make sense. What can we share? And a lot of times when, um, I'll just go back to, you know, Mayor McDoyle. A lot of the things that he was talking about, you wouldn't necessarily think about when you're like, okay, yes, I'm doing that. Our community is already doing that. We don't need to share that. Well, we already get a great deal on that, so, you know, probably we won't buy into that. But, you know, when he started to break it down and they started to have those conversations together, they can't, They found out, like, oh, gosh, yeah, really, you know, maybe that is a better way to do that or gee, I never thought about doing it that way, you know, let's investigate. And you're still not tied to to doing any of it. It's just at least you're informed and you're making informed decisions at that point. Uh, and that's basically what we're asking for is come into it with an open mind, have the conversations, ask the questions, and let's get this discussion going. What kind of timelines do you think we're looking at here? Um, well, you know, our report says about three years just to get the initial phase. We know year one is going to be um, forming the regions, doing the community consultation, and then, you know, we'll move into the service sharing, what's possible, what can work, and then the implementation phase where there's staff in place to help the regions uh, do the work that they need to do, whether it's, you know, land use planning, whether it's uh, economic development, you know, whether they can share snow clearing services whatever that is again it's conversation and that has to continue my guest today on on target is the president of municipalities in newfoundland and labrador amy cody we'll be back right after this weekday mornings from 5 30 to 9 Jumpstart your day with jerry lynn Mackey and ben murphy newsmakers traffic weather and more during your vocm morning show and we're back. My guest today is President of Municipalities, Newfoundland and Labrador, Amy Cody. This is Municipal Awareness Month in the province. And Amy, as we started saying uh, today, the sun is shining and uh, people really do seem to be looking forward to a summer that's close to normal as can be expected. What will come home year celebrations mean for municipalities? Oh, my goodness. Well, I, I can tell you this weekend, just being in person, seeing people's faces up close, having conversations, enjoying a meal together, having a, you know, having a cup of coffee, um, s mingling with each other in between sessions. It just means so much and it does so much for your spirit um, to be in those environments again. So come home here, I can only imagine is going to be like that amplified by 100. Um, having entertainers in your community, being able to be out, enjoying your facilities, uh, celebrating each other, celebrating our beautiful province, celebrating the accomplishments of our, of our communities coming out of COVID, and, you know, just 
having some sort of sense of normal again. People are craving um, the attention of others. Uh, they're, uh, you know, they're craving that in-person contact. Um, just, they're just craving life again and it's been so hard it's been you know such a tough couple of years from every aspect so we know I mean we're hearing like I know just from Grand Falls Windsor's perspective when we were planning for our salmon festival the difficulty in being able to book a Newfoundland act because every community has a Newfoundland act booked for their festival or several Newfoundland acts. Like, it's just so exciting to know that we are taking advantage of all of the great entertainers that we have in this province and that everybody is so eager to celebrate and just be together. It's it's just amazing. I mean, everybody is just itching for this, and I think it's going to be great. It's It was so welcome. It was a welcome announcement, and you can tell just from the planning that the communities are doing that uh, they needed it just, you know, just as much as we need it on an individual basis. Municipalities um, making the most of the money that was made aware, uh, made um, available for that? Oh, my gosh. Well, I mean, I know, and I've said this a dozen times, municipalities, we take whatever amount of money we get and we'll spin it into gold and we'll do the maximum. We will, you know, we'll use the money that we get to leverage additional funds to maximize the amount of money that we have to make these events happen and to make work happen in our community. So... I'm not sure the number of people who applied for these grants. I know it was spoken about at our at our symposium this weekend, um, but I know like there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of grant applications, probably thousands, and you know. So much money was given out by the province. Um, they had, you know, the, the individual communities could apply. And then if you applied as a region, you know, you were given an additional amount of money. So uh, I know so many communities did take advantage of that. And we'll certainly do the best we can with the funds that we were given. And, and have, you know, some, regardless of level, there will be events happening in all of our municipalities. And I suppose local businesses can't be happier. Well, look, <laughs> we all benefit when our residents benefit, when our businesses benefit. It's it's just great for our municipalities. Any um, any additional revenue that can come into our businesses, um, obviously they've struggled so much over the last couple of years, and some have been so creative in maintaining their businesses and you know coming up with an online presence doing things that they never thought that they would have to do but had to come up with solutions to keep their businesses afloat and some weren't successful and you know that that's so difficult not just for the business owner but for the residents who frequented those businesses who supported those businesses the taxation that came into our municipalities you know it hurts everybody when our businesses struggle and have difficulty in succeeding so whatever we can do to help them be successful if it takes a come home year whatever it takes you know shop local, you know, support your local businesses. 
um, help them get through because, I mean, you know, without the support of that, they sponsor everything. They sponsor teams. They sponsor events. Um, you know, if you you need a donation for, you know, an event that's going on in your community, it's your business population that you rely on to help you with that. And they always do what they can do, whether it's, you know, $5, $100, $500, whatever. Um, or if it, they're donating a case of water to help with a fundraiser that you're doing at your school or something. I mean, it's just so important for them to be involved. And this, you know, this extra boost for them is going to be, uh, I'm sure they appreciate it. I know that they appreciate it. And we need to do our best as well to make sure that we do support them. And the fact that the icebergs are arriving uh, doesn't hurt either. Listen, we love a good iceberg. We love uh, to see a walrus. We love, you know, anything different that's coming into our communities, um, anything that's exciting. We know that tourists love those, uh, you know, love to see an iceberg. They love to see whales, but they also love to see our smiling faces. They love our hospitality. They love our, our dialect, how we speak, how we engage with each other. Um, you know, we're our own ambassadors when it comes to promoting ourselves and promoting our province and our municipalities. Um, so, you know, the more that we, the more that we can draw people in, the more they leave with love and admiration for us and for the work that we do, and they spread the word. And we have a charter aircraft arriving with Ukrainians on board, 7 o'clock this evening, I'm told. Uh, uh, very exciting, and hopefully uh, some of them will see just how nicer place this is and say you know what i think i might stay i know and you know we all our, our thoughts and our prayers go out to the people of ukraine and to the people of russia because they're suffering and nobody i mean we want people to come into our province to choose our province as a place to live under their own choice because they want it to to move, not because they're in a situation like they're in now where they're forced to move. They have to move for their safety. They're moving to keep their family safe. They're leaving family members behind. Um, you know, we need them to come into our province to know that this is a place of love, that they're welcome here, that we will do what we can to support them and just to make them feel safe and welcome. Indeed, and, uh, you know, the welcome that the Afghanis, or Afghans uh, received when they arrived with, uh, you know, donations to the point that the uh, ANC actually had to say, stop sending us stuff. Yes. <laughs> so uh, with any luck, the Ukrainians will see a similar uh, outpouring of, um, of support. Uh, so Municipal Awareness Week, any special events or activities planned with less than two minutes ago? Um, our municipalities are sharing their events on their social media. We're helping to share events with them as well uh, for promotion. Uh, so, you know, check your municipality's websites, their Facebook, their Twitters. Um, all of the events will be posted. Make sure you thank your councillors. Thank your staff members in your communities. Uh, tell them you appreciate what they're doing and just get out and celebrate the week. And final thoughts for uh, Newfoundlanders and Labradorians heading into the summer season with all of these things on the go and, and the discussion of regionalization ongoing? 
keep talking, keep asking questions. Um, if you want us to visit uh, or set up, a, we can set up Zoom meetings. Um, just make sure you reach out to us. We'll certainly get you the information and answer your questions. Um, with regards to come home year and just great weather, make sure you get out, enjoy. Be safe. I, I hear you with the sunscreen. I did hear your conversation about melanoma month. Um, so, you know, encourage people to dress appropriately, wear your sunscreen, be safe. But most of all, enjoy uh, every moment, enjoy each other, and just nothing but love and peace. There you go. Amy Cody, I appreciate your time. Thank you very much. Thank you, Linda. We always appreciate having an opportunity to talk. And it's always important to have you on. Thank you. We'll be back tomorrow. Do stay tuned for that. Uh, Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great day.